0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis of the important covenant words that God used with Abraham by saying, between me and thee, and also, I will multiply thee exceedingly. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, and also on iTunes by searching for the Friendship with God podcast on iTunes. Now, Passover began for the Jewish people and also the remembrance for us yesterday on Monday, April 14th. Of course, that runs for the Jewish people all the way through Tuesday, April 22nd. Now, Tom Cantor has our resource of the month that we had in the month of March and still here in the month of April, his teaching on the Passover, a two-disc DVD set from Exodus 12 and Isaiah 53. He'd like you to get a copy of this. Now, for several reasons. One, for our own teaching and understanding of the personal relevance of the Passover lamb for the Jewish people and for us today as Christians. Now, you can also give this gift to someone who's celebrating Passover that's of the Jewish faith or Jewish heritage. And it's a great gospel gift to give to them. It's a $20 or more donation, or you can purchase it for $20 online at friendshipwithgod.org. Just go to our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org, and you can order The Personal Relevance of the Passover from Tom Cantor, a fantastic, amazing preaching and teaching message from Tom Cantor On the Passover that you can share with your Christian friends, your family, or again with a lost Jewish person. We want you to be able to get this gift to put into their hands. And we've got a short amount of time to get that ordered and get to you before Passover officially ends on Tuesday, April 22nd. And of course, we've got Resurrection Sunday coming up on Sunday, April 20th. Now, your donation of $20 or more to the Friendship with God radio program or purchasing this DVD for $20 helps us with getting the gospel out. For example, we're sending out postcard mailers over a half a million of them, to lost Jewish people's homes in Baltimore, Brooklyn, and in many of these communities where Jewish people have directly to them, we have a mailing list, and we're getting the gospel to them so they can have a Seder with a Passover this year with a special gospel message from Tom Cantor. We'll read that to you on tomorrow's program. So stay tuned for tomorrow's program. We'll read that Passover card that we're sending out to over a half million lost Jewish people's homes, we want to encourage you that this radio program. is not only a great Bible teaching program that you can invest in, but also eternal rewards with us getting the gospel out to the Jew first through door-to-door evangelism through our missionaries, taking the gospel door-to-door, face-to-face with the Jewish people, and also we mail it out with lots of our mailing campaigns where, again, we reach millions of lost Jewish people every year. We hope that you'll support us. You can do that by going online to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, give a one-time donation or a reoccurring monthly donation to help support this radio Bible teaching program and to also support Jewish evangelism with the gospel going out again to millions of lost Jewish people every year. Help us, get involved, support us, give a donation, continue this radio program and the gospel going out to the Jewish people first. Go to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or if you can't get online, give us a call at 1-800- 247 3051. You can call us now or after the program, but 1 800 247 3051. Give you that number again 1 800 247 3051. Now, again, here's Tom Cantor teaching us from the book of Genesis on the life of Abraham and how the importance of what God said and using the words between me and thee and also I will multiply thee exceedingly. Because for 40
1: years, when they're wandering in the desert, the pattern was that not once, not twice, but often, they provoked God and grieved Him. They were constantly provoking God and grieving Him. That was a pattern. And they provoked, and the specific provocation that they did to God was that they said, We want to go back. We want to go back in Egypt. It was better there. We had better food, we had better treatment. It would be better to be under those masters than Adonai, the master. We don't want it. And that was provoking to God. This pattern of this continual provocation and this continual grieving of God had a very sad consequence. And this consequence is stated in this verse. You notice where it says, they limited the Holy One of Israel. How could the Jewish people limit the Holy One of Israel. I mean, God is sovereign. How can they limit God God in his sovereignty? Doesn't God do what he wants because he's sovereign? See, this is the doctrine of God limiting himself because what is here is that God wanted to do so much for the Jewish people. But God limited himself to only do for them if they believed and if they obeyed him. That's how God limited himself. And because in the wilderness they would not trust and obey, they limited the Holy One of Israel. And this was very frustrating for God. And God expressed this frustration with being limited by their unbelief and their disobedience. And turn, if you would, to the Psalm 81, a little bit, a couple of psalms. Psalm 81, verses 8 through 16 because this portion here is the heart of God expressing his frustration over the pattern that was spoken of in uh, Psalm 78. So here, it starts off with these, these, these famous words, you know, Shema, Shema, here is or Shema, here, you know, the famous, most famous prayer among Jewish people is Shema Yisrael, is um, Deuteronomy 6.4. Well, this is, a, and this is another Shema, it's a, it's, a, it's not a Shema Israel. it's a Shema Ami, Shema, hear uh, hero, oh my people. And he says, I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. There shall be no strange God in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord, thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, I'll fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice." and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own hearts' lusts, and they walked in their own counsels. And oh, that my people had hearkened to me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. So you can feel, when you read this, you can feel God's frustration in this verse. He starts out by crying, my people, hear, O my people. He's frustrated when he says this, when he says, I will testify unto thee. You know, you can picture God getting in the witness stand. He swears to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth. He's going to testify to Israel. And he says, I'll do this. And then this, and he says his word, if thou wilt hearken unto me, this is the almighty God. And he said, if you'll even listen to what I have to say, the frustration is coming through in these words, if thou wilt hearken unto me. God uses these words. It's a little like God saying, I'll speak Speak with you if, will you even take the time to listen to what I got to say? And so here we see the Lord Jesus Christ in this verse here, explaining to the Jewish people in verse 10. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. You know, as if God's saying, remember me? I'm the one who brought you out. Open thy mouth wide, I'll fill it. The Lord Jesus Christ was telling the Jewish people and this people, he's the one who brought them out of Egypt. And then he told them what he wanted to do so much for them. He saw their needs. It starts off, the book of Exodus starts off, where it says God heard their groanings when they were in Egypt. He saw their needs. He felt their needs. He was touched in all points like as we are. He says, open thy mouth wide, I'll fill it. And then one of the most sad, 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 sad sad statements in all of the Bible well, about God speaking to his own Jewish people is verse 11 of Psalm 81. But my people would not hearken unto me, and Israel would none of me, none of me. Imagine those words that show that God, God, has. first of all, what they show here is that God, in spite of this, God has not cast away his people. How do you know? Because he keeps calling them my people. He says, God has not cast away his people So he keeps calling them in the midst of their rejection. He keeps saying, my people, Ami, my people. He keeps saying, my people. And the Lord Jesus Christ, above the cross of his rejection, above the cross where they said, where Pilate put it to the Jewish people, they said, I'll give you a choice. You can take Barabbas or you can take Jesus. And, you, and the choice is yours. And it was as if God was speaking in the place of Pilate and said, "Now you choose. You want you, 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 Jewish people. Who's your who, who, who you want? You want Barabbas or you want Jesus?" And they said Barabbas. And even in his rejection, when he's there on the cross, and really that was a cross of rejection, and he's got over his cross, the title that he gladly bore, wore, and took, the King of the Jews. He did. And that's, that's like him here in Psalm 81 saying, They're still my people, even though they won't hearken to me, even though they will none of me, even though they have put me on a cross of rejection. They're still my people. I'm still their king. But he says in this verse, My people would not hearken to my voice. And they just went non-responsive to the voice of God. And commenting on this response of the Jewish people to the Lord Jesus Christ, Then he says, Israel would none of me. They want nothing to do. Whenever God uses that name Israel, which he says there, Israel, that's a very special name for God. Because that name Israel, first of all, was given by God to Jacob. And that name Israel was a name given as a crown to Jacob. It was a prince's crown. And God said that he gave the name Israel to signify that it means that now you are a prince and you have power with God and man in Genesis 32. But all the greatness of having the power with God and man signified in the name Jesus, it all came from God. It all came from God. There was no Israel power with God and man unless God gave that power. And all that Israel power with God and man is tragically lost when a Jewish person or any person turns away from God. And all that Israel power with God and man is tragically lost when a Jewish person turns away from the one who gave that name, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that tragic loss for Israel is what the Lord Jesus Christ is referring to here in the Psalm eighty-one, eleven, where it says, Israel would none of me. Israel, that name, with all its power with God and man, given by the Lord Jesus Christ, given by God, Genesis 32. He says, Israel would none of me. They cut themselves off from the tragically. And that's so true today that israel would none of the lord jesus christ today i just had a letter from a radio listener who told me she's jewish and she told me that her jewish family uh when she goes to visit them and she tries to bring the gospel to her but her jewish family told her in no uncertain terms you are forbidden to talk about jesus they told her and they said any subject but jesus israel would none of me So in verse 12, the consequence comes in verse 12 where it says, so I had no choice, God says in verse 12, I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsel. This consequence of I gave them up unto themselves, their own heart's lust, is a terrible judgment where God says, they wanted me to leave them alone, I left them alone. You know, it's like the answer of Billy Graham's daughter, Ruth Amelotis who, when Larry King asked her, where was God on September 11th, she said, well, God was exactly where we asked him to be. We asked him to leave our schools, to leave our government, to leave our country, and leave us alone. And so God said, okay, I'm leaving you alone. To be left alone by God is a terrible judgment. And it's what God calls in verse 12, so I gave them up. And it's the same terrible judgment that God speaks about those who just want God to leave them alone. Just, they just want God to leave homosexuals alone. Let them enjoy themselves. And God says, okay. And he agrees in Romans 1, 26 through twenty thirty-two, 32, where we read, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their own lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. Even, but even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over, gave them up, gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient appearance, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing, the judgment of God, that they would commit those things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. God said, I just gave them up. It's a terrible judgment when God removes his punishment for sexual immorality, which is being referred to in Romans 1. That's what he, the judgment that he also did on Israel. It says in Hosea 4, 13. And God said to them, they sacrifice on the top of mountains... They burn incense upon the hills, under oaks, poplars, elms, because the shadow of the earth is good. Therefore, your daughters shall commit whoredom, and your spouses shall commit adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they commit whoredom, nor your spouses when they commit adultery. For themselves are separated with whores, and they sacrifice with harlots. Therefore, the people that doth not understand shall fall. That's a bad thing when God gives a person up, when God finally agrees with a person who says, leave us alone, God. That's bad. But it broke God's heart when this happened. He, because he thought of the suffering, he not only thought of the suffering that they were going through, Israel, and those that he'd given up, he not only thought of the suffering, but he thought about how different it could have been. And that's what broke his heart. And so that's why he says it in Psalm eighty one, he said, All oh, that my people had hearkened unto me. And Israel had walked in my ways. And he goes through all these things. He sees clearly how it all could have been different. The finest God sees the finest of wheat and it's just sitting there. He wanted to give it to him, they didn't. He sees the honey that he would have satisfied them with. Out of a rock, they didn't. And he sees all of this that could have been. And he said, If only Israel had trusted and obeyed. He wanted to fight against their enemies. It broke his heart to see what his enemy, their enemies did to him. But they limited him with their unbelief. And so he didn't fight against their enemies. He wanted to feed them with the finest of wheat and the milk. I mean, and adequately satisfy them from the most unlikely places. A rock. He wanted to see, he could picture them rejoicing. Dancing around saying, God gave me honey out of the rock. Hey, okay, Who gets honey out of a rock? God gave me honey out of a rock. He he could see it all. He could see them rejoicing. He could see this pleasure. They were happy with God. God was happy with them. He could see it all, but it didn't happen. Because they limited him. He wanted to do all that for the Jewish people, but the Jewish people limited God by their unbelief and disobedience. And because of their unbelief, God said that they could not. They could not. And that was what he said in Hebrews 3.19. He said, I made a rest for them. But in Hebrews 19, it says, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. It wasn't because of God's unwillingness. God wanted them to enter in. They couldn't enter in because of their own unbelief. We see the same doctrine of God limiting himself when the Lord Jesus Christ was surrounded by their unbelief. So much need. He comes to the land of Israel. And he was commissioned. You go, you, you cleanse the lepers, you heal the blind, you preach the gospel. And he wanted to do that so much. But when it says in Mark 6, 5 through 6, it comes to one place, it says, he could there do no mighty work. It says that. He could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. But there were a lot of sick folk. And he wanted to lay his hands on a lot of sick folk. And do many mighty works there, but he, he could there do no mighty work. He limited himself. Why? And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. In another place in Matthew 13, 58, same thing, He says, he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They limited the power of God. It was not because he wasn't able It was not because he wasn't El Shaddai, the Almighty God, that he was not able to do those mighty works. It was not because he was not wanting to do those mighty works. He wanted to, but it was because of their own unbelief that he did not do many mighty works. That's a challenge for us. You know, he said, you have not because you ask not. That's a challenge for us. We should not limit God with unbelief. We should not limit God with a life that's not true. So God wanted to do for Abraham what he had promised. So in order for God to not be limited by Abraham, it was important for Abraham. And so God's preparing Abraham. In essence, God's saying here in verse one, Abraham, don't you limit me. Abraham, believe. Therefore, in verse one, God prepares Abraham by saying, Abraham, I am almighty God. And the second requirement, that's belief. We have a life that's true, Abraham. Second requirement to not limit God was Abraham needed to obey God. And God knew that Abraham would obey God if Abraham would do what God told him to do. Adopt this attitude, Abraham. Walk before me, verse 1 of Genesis 17. Walk before me and be thou perfect. So Abraham should see his life he says, now study very carefully, Abraham. i am giving you these words. I didn't say crawl before me <laughs> and be perfect. And I didn't say run before me. I said, walk before me and be thou perfect. And that's what God wanted Abraham to do. And that's what God wants us to do as well. The steady walk. Sometimes, this is the hardest. The steady walk before God. And Abraham should see himself as he walks before God. He should see himself. I'm always on display by God, God's always looking at me, because I'm always out in front of Him, and that's how God wants us to see our lives too. We're always in front of God. God's always got His eye on us. We're always on display. we're walked before God, and as we walk before God, and tough times come, and they do. And if they haven't, just wait. <clears throat> and when tough times come, God wants us to always be instant in prayer. Why? Because we're walking before Him, and when we sin. He wants us to be so sensitive to sin, the thought of sin, the act of sin, the, the words of sin, that immediately confess and forsake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I know you got your eye on I'm sorry. And for that time that Abraham heard, this is to be your worldview, Abraham. This is to be your self-perception, Abraham, of you walking before me and being perfect. From that time on, Abraham adopted it. And he said, that's me. I, what, what do I do? I walk before God, and, and I'm trying to be perfect. I'm trying to be whole, complete, sincere, a life that's true. And something changed in Abraham. And we can see this, as we mentioned before. Many years later, it says in Genesis 24:40, the servant said unto me, he says, The Lord, Abraham said, The Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with thee. He says, the Lord before whom I walk. So Abraham, from the moment that God tells him this, in this chapter, for the rest of his life, he's got this on his mind. I am walking in front of God. I'm on display of God all the time. And this is a new perception of himself. And he begins to see himself in his life as walking before God. And then, in verse 1, God appears to Abraham, okay, and he begins to reveal to Abraham his great plan. This chapter is a blossoming of the great plan of God. And we've seen how God has prepared Abraham for this great plan. And to not limit God, telling Abraham, Abraham, don't you limit me, Abraham. You believe that I am the Almighty God. Don't you limit me, Abraham. You live a life that's true by
0: walking before me, being perfect. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. As we mentioned, Monday was the start of the Passover for the Jewish people on April 14th. Of course, that goes through Tuesday, April 22nd. Now, we want to help get a DVD into your hands so that you can better understand the Passover, as well as encourage you to pick up a DVD be able to give to a lost Jewish person to help them understand and explain the Passover from Exodus 12 and Isaiah 53 to two-disc DVD production from Tom Cantor, and he brings to life the process and passion of the Passover lamb for the Jewish people and the personal relevance of the Lord Jesus Christ and our lives today. It's a great gift for any Christian, unbeliever at Easter time and also Passover time for any lost Jewish person who may be searching for the truth and evidence of who the Messiah really is. Now, you can purchase this DVD for $20 at friendshipwithgod.org on our online bookstore under Resources, friendshipwithgod.org. Go to our online resources, Tom Cantor's materials. It's called The Personal Relevance of the Passover. Order this two-disc DVD set. You won't regret it. It's great teaching. you want to have it for your own personal collection or to give to someone who needs to understand the Passover better, especially a lost Jewish or Gentile person. Now, you can also make a donation to support Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program because we get the gospel out not only through this Old Testament Bible teaching radio program, but also through the donation and support of you, the listener. And we use those monies to get the gospel out to millions of lost Jewish people every year to the Jew first. You can help support us by calling us at 1-800-247-3051. We can take a donation right over the phone, 800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. You can also donate a monthly donation or a one-time donation at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. Donate online or 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening.